Hey, this is PJ with CLK Supplies, and I have Chris with me today from River City Locksmith. Chris, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, PJ. Yeah, you got it. So, I, I, I wanted to have a conversation with Chris as being a mobile locksmith and what that looks like today in 2020. And, you know, he's someone who started his business, and I'll let him get into all the details here um, in a few moments. But I'm really excited to hopefully um, have him share some of his knowledge and his experience and what it's like to start a locksmithing business in today's world. So Chris, once again, thank you. Um, thank you Absolutely, very much. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a sincere pleasure. Um, hopefully we can get a lot of topics covered and definitely go over you know, how things have changed and where things are kind of heading now and, and the very large gamut that you know, mobile guys face nowadays. Absolutely. So let's start off, so how did you get into locksmithing? Um, about 10 years ago, I was a, um, project manager for a very large national retailer. Um, don't want to give me names on that one. Um, traveling all around the northern western United States, new stores, remodels and everything. And uh, I was looking for something a little bit more different, you know, be able to be at home more often. And uh, a good buddy of mine was doing a lot of contract work, you know, um, home warranty companies and um, insurance companies, lockouts, repairs and stuff like that. And I had some technical background uh, with small electronics, um, soldering, circuit boards, arcade machines. I had a whole lot of really hands-on experiences and you know, kind of growing up in that when I was young uh, with my first jobs and, and so forth. So I had a really good understanding on small mechanics. And he says, you'd be perfect for this. And eventually turned into, I love this, which turned into, you know, I just lit that fire of, I want to learn more, I want to learn more, which turned into, you know, my own business. Okay, interesting. So how long have you actually been in business for as a locksmith? For myself, I've been in business for six years, and be proud of that. It was all you know, training and learning, you know, working with other people, and uh, but yeah, it's been a very, it's been a very encouraging you know six years, and uh, I'm looking forward for you know many more. Well, that's awesome, man. You know, I mean, the amount of businesses in general that make it six years isn't mm -hmm. a lot, and so you know, my hat's off to you for thank you, you know, doing it. So, and I should have mentioned you're out of Spokane, Washington. Yep, yep, right. Yeah, good old Pacific Northwest here. Absolutely. Now, so what type of locksmithing do you do? Like residential, commercial, automotive? Um, I try to do a little bit of everything and having a good, well-rounded uh, technical set of skills is important. And the reason I say that is there are days I get no automotive calls and I'll do nothing but strictly lock changes. And there's days I'll be, you know, I'll get four or five calls for antique locks, old mortises, you know, pre-1920s buildings that need uh, locks serviced and they need to kind of be, you know, brought back to life. And, and knowing how those work and the functions and, you know, how to really service those, all those things come into play. There's days I'll, you know, I'll go an entire weekend with nothing but commercial calls. So it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit of everything and I think that's really done very well. If you are specifically a commercial guy, and if you're specifically an automotive guy, having those great skill sets and all the advanced stuff's really good. But I try to do a little bit of everything. This really depending on what my customers' needs are. Okay, so you'll do automotive, residential, mm -hmm. commercial. Yep. Okay. Wow, and lockouts. Oh yeah, lockouts. Um, not so many more as I used to, but as you as your business grows and you kind of have that solid client base, you're not really taking those emergency calls anymore. Um, some okay. some people may say that's a young man's game, getting up at three in the morning to do those, but you know. Sure. You get away from those after a while. Okay. How many years do you think you were taking a lot more of oh, those? Oh gosh, I, I definitely say the first half of, of uh, being in my own business, it was a lot, a lot of the 2 a.m., 5 a.m. calls. You know, a lot of stuff in the winter time with uh, you know people losing their keys in the snow, you know, key snapping and you know frozen locks. Sure. Um, I tried 
to do that as much as I can now, but you know, you do seven, eight, nine, ten appointments a day, your your body just says no more. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So do you do twenty four hours? I try to, to the best of my ability. And when I say okay. that is is I will continue running calls until a certain point, but you know, if if the phone rings at three o'clock and, and my body says you just cannot go any further, I may miss those ones. Um, I try to also really restrict winter um, after hours calls because either it's going to be a life-threatening situation where people are trapped outside and it's you know obviously problematic up here we get you know negative 10 15 20 degrees sometimes sure compared to hey you know i have a lock that one it's kind of acting funny well it's not always something that's important at four in the morning and it's below 20 degrees outside you know absolutely so it's, it's kind of conditional on the season but i definitely try to be as available as i can as often as i can okay okay now with you being now do you have any employees no it's just me 100 percent Okay. Which has its benefits and also has its, its uh, faults. Um, when you succeed, you get that big project, you get that bid in there, you get that, you know, that, that big client taking care of five-story apartment building. It's great. You hand those keys off. It feels so good. It feels fantastic. It was all on you. You, you built that client up. You serviced it. Um, 100% of it's yours, and it feels amazing. Now, the failures, when those happen, you have no one else to blame by yourself. So the highs are high and the lows are low. Okay. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Now, over the years, what have you found <clears throat> to be your sweet spot? And what I mean by that is, I mean, locksmithing, like, you know, especially when you're doing residential, commercial, automotive, lockouts, I mean, there's such a wide variety of skills that's mm -hmm. needed, right? And yep. services that you're providing. Yep. I'm, I'm guessing over time you've kind of developed like what type of jobs you're wanting to do at the mm -hmm. same time that are also really profitable, Absolutely. right? I think there's, you know, the saying, you know, it's hard to be, you know, something to everyone. Yep. Right. Yep. And I think in the locksmithing world, like from my perspective in 2020, there's a lot of there's a lot more people that have kind of shifted from doing everything yep. and they you know are just automotive a little more specialized yeah more specialized and so I'm really curious um, with you who are, you've been able to keep up on all your skills and provide good customer service but what have you found to be what you enjoy doing the most and is the most profitable I think that question can really be based on your, your background if um, you have experience with automotive being that you are a mechanic or you worked in a mechanic shop you have an understanding of ignition systems and key systems um, pursuing automotive is definitely in your best interest because you already have a baseline understanding uh, if you've worked in facility maintenance and things like that you have an understanding of you know egress and fire codes and life codes you're very familiar with that um, what i found for me to be the most profitable and i didn't really expect it to be that much until I really got a system down and worked out very well was uh, was residential and a lot of guys interesting will that's that's usually the, the yeah. you know the expression I get from is a lot of guys will see well residential and you know if if you have the right tools and you have the right knowledge and experience and equipment and, and technique and and you know skill set there you can you can really knock out a lot of um, residential work whether it's you know installs repairs rekeys upgrades very quickly and you know if you compare that to an automotive key you could be there for 20 30 40 50 you know obviously run the issue is even longer on automotive um, but the the amount of um, range you're gonna see in residential not a whole lot we've been looking at the same bore on doors now for the last 50 60 years almost That's a good point so you're you know this if you take that old 
Schlage D that hasn't been serviced in 20 years, you know that the next lock you put in there, unless it's like a five inch back set or something, and even then there's you know resources for that, you know that that new lock's gonna fit in there pretty snug with some minor adjustments. So you can okay. you you can turn them out pretty quickly. Um, I found that residential for me has been a good money maker. Awesome, especially spring, summer. You know, depending on you know the the season. Winter is usually a lot of emergency work, but spring, summer, fall, new homeowners, people coming to the area, people coming, you know, leaving. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah. Now, how do you rise to the occasion as far as when mm -hmm. a lot of customers with you know with with residential locks being the least expensive? Mm -hmm. Do you ever get customers that have been like, hey, you know, I need to replace this lock or like your cost of rekeying? They're like, hey, I could go down to the hardware store and get new locks. Do you run into that at all? Absolutely. There's there's definitely just in any any business, whether it's electrical plumbing, you know, automotive, body paint, whatever, there's always those customers that you know are just gonna want the cheapest cost. And that's okay. And it's part of that being available for them and knowing that you can still provide that service quickly. You're in, you're out, you're still making your money, moving on the next one. There are those people that want those cheap locks. They just want, you know, hey, this old, um, you know, $5 locks busted. I just want another $5 lock. That's fine. And then um, knowing that those people are still going to be there. There's, you got steakhouses at $100 a plate and you have a dollar store. It's being able to yep. you operate in that range. And, and knowing that you may not be able to sell them on a brand new MTech handle set, but you can still provide the service for them. Okay. You know? Okay. And so when you're on a job and it goes from <clears throat> being like a rekey to mm -hmm. a, um, you know what, this lock's actually broke, like yeah. it's not worth for me to repair it. And you know, you tell them whatever your lock price is. Yeah. How does that go if they have resistance to it? That is a good question. It's not something that's brought up very often. People know that if a part's broken, it needs to be replaced. But yes, I do keep a good range of hardware. I'm not stocking $400 Italian handle sets in my van, <laughs> but at the same time, I do have some of the uh, you know con the contractor style, just the really cheap ones. Because I know those yep. customers exist. I may not get any if all profit on it, but this person may need services later. They may need you know something for their car. They may need something for their business. So it's it's knowing that you've built a relationship with them, even if it's over a $5 knob. Okay. You know. Okay. Interesting. So going forward. Mm -hmm. What do you envision locksmithing looks like for you? For me, I think I'm going to continue to just really expand that rounded um, skill set. And there are things I'm really interested in doing, like vault works really cool. I mean, you see these really ornate locks and at the same time, I really love working with the antique stuff because where we live at, we have a lot of really old buildings and I've had some really good chances to work on... Um, you know, some of these turn of the century properties and historic properties and that, I just love that stuff. The same way a car guy loves those old, you know, 1940s style cars and, and you know, the old uh, F100 series and, you know, they love that. But yes, they'll go and work on a modern car. So, I mean, for me, I, I, I really look forward to a lot of the new stuff. And I think that as technology progresses right now, you're going to see a little bit more of a divide between automotive and commercial and, you know, residential has its ups and downs with, you know, smart locks and stuff coming out. but that gap's only widening more. If you were to go back 40, 50 years, a locksmith had one, two maybe key machines, small inventory of keys. Now it's this programmer, that programmer, this cloner, you know, this type of tool, this type of router, this, you know, all these different templates. So as security changes with technology, it really has divided those, those segments between residential, automotive, and commercial, I think. Okay, interesting. Now. For someone who's thinking about starting their own mobile locksmithing business, mm -hmm. right? I think I said earlier, you know, 
being a, a mobile locksmith, I think, is um, the new norm, right? I mean, I, th yeah. I think 30 years ago, um, establishing a lock shop, I mean, is that something that you're, that you consider? Um, absolutely. And if you look at a normal metro area, usually mobile guys will outnumber the shops at a, at a pretty good, you know, pretty good number and figure there. Yep. And there's, it's one of those things with, with internet being the way it is, it's a lot of it's touch and go service. Hey, you make a phone call and you have all the information you need at your hands with your, your smartphone. So there's not really a whole lot of need for people to go into shops. And, and we're seeing more and more of that is, you know, search engines change and they, they dominate definitely the way people shop and, and get these types of services. Um, when when people are looking into you know a mobile business, it has a lot of advantages. Your overhead is extremely low. You're not paying for you know a facility, but at the same time, it's your mobile business. Your your service vehicle is only X Y Z in shape and size, so you can only fit so much in there. Okay. And you may you may miss out on that one person coming in that wants a key made, and they may be a property manager with a hundred properties. You never know. Sure. So you do play a little give and take with that. But um, we are seeing a lot more of the older locksmiths that have shops that are closing up. There's not, something we talked about earlier, there's not a whole lot of excitement to, for someone to jump back into that position. It's usually mm -hmm. the mobile's kind of the desired you know, business model right now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so if, you were, do you have, so if you were getting ready to start your own locksmithing business mm -hmm. again, are there some certain steps that you would want to take at first that you know now six years later? Oh yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a pretty good grasp on SEO, marketing, web development, you know, web design, uh, some social media. Um, and I think that now the way that internet businesses are structured, whether it's if you're selling cupcakes, if you're a locksmith, if you you know you you build and sell you know tree houses, um, sure. it all comes down to funneling those customers towards you. You can be, and I know several locksmiths that are fantastic. They they can do some amazing things, but they have no grasp on how to use search engines. Now that's not the end all be all. We shouldn't always be reliant on them. But if you're starting out without a saturated you know market or a, um, a huge client base, you're going to be really focusing on getting your name out there and that's unfortunately in 2020 is uh through you know through search engines okay so you think something if you're going to start your own locksmithing business to make sure that you have a mm -hmm. website you need to be really on 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 the ball when it comes to um your seo knowing how to you know present yourself out there correctly i mean you can go out there and beat the bushes and hand out cards all day but ultimately the end people when they cold call they're going to be looking for this information they want to see this type of business you know you're you know, you're looking at what, a five second impression window. If they yeah. like you, they call you. If they don't, they move to the next one. Okay. You know. Okay, any other um, tips or advice you, you would have for someone starting out? Know your strengths. Know that you cannot learn and do everything. And sometimes even in a lifetime in this industry, there's there's more and I'm learning all the time. And it's, it's something that the industry has not gone anywhere in the last thousand years and it probably won't be going anywhere else in the next thousand years. Learning to adapt, knowing that, hey, I used to make keys for 1980s cars once upon a time. Those cars are gone. What's going on now? Where's the industry heading? If you're an automotive guy, what are cars gonna be looking like in 10, 15 years? If you're a commercial guy, how big is tech gonna play a role for access control and uh, you know, a lot of people now are using um, smartphones for access to buildings. How can you integrate these things? 
um, your residential, what's what's good, what's new. Smart locks have been a major phenomenon in the last five, ten years now, mm -hmm. and they're only getting better and, and, and stronger and cheaper, and, and eventually, I don't see they're going to take over the market, but eventually they will have a very strong foothold in what we see in our homes. Okay, so with, with the smart locks, do you find um, customers, like are you providing a lot of them, or do you find customers have bought them at maybe a big box store and they want you to install them? We see a little bit of both. Um, there are definitely customers. I will go out for a simple lockout. Hey, you know, young couples locked out of their house. They just mm -hmm. bought it. They didn't realize this door didn't have a key to it. You unlock them. They say, hey, we've been looking in the smart locks. And that kind of opens up that conversation. And, you know, that's that's something that we do get a good amount of questions, at least from, you know, where I'm at all the time, um, is how can we... What's the process? Can you provide one? But there are people that do have their own, and I hate to say it, but yeah, the big box stores ones are okay. But we do get a lot of the really oddball ones from you know Amazon, eBay, and all the different sure. places. The and Lord knows where they come from. I mean, they could be, you know, a clone of a clone of a clone. And and that's one thing you have to be really careful about because you could be opening up a product and installing something you don't really know its history. Is this company even in business anymore? And yeah, you know, or how, how safe is it? What if it doesn't work in a week? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. so like, well, you have someone, let's say you come over to my house to do a rekey and I'm mm -hmm. like, hey, Chris, surprise. I got yep. this lock here from eBay yeah. that I got it for, you know, $12, this mm -hmm. electronic lock that I can hook up to my phone through an app. Can you put it on for me and show me how to use it? Yeah. Um, well, you do that, um, what do you... That's that's tricky, and I do get those calls occasionally. Every now and then, I'll get a customer. Um, we have some portions of, of uh, Spokane that have some very older buildings. A lot of that stuff, you know, case mortises. And then I'll get a customer that says, "Hey, I bought this nice new shiny uh, smart lock. It does anything. It, you know, it, it has alarms and all these you know web functions. I want you to install it on this door. I'm like, okay, your door is three inches thick, and um, it has a mortise in it. it hasn't been touched or lubricated in you know 80 years. It, it just it can be done, but customers only realize that that solution that you saw on a YouTube ad or you saw on you know social media posts for this product you really liked does not always work and orientate correctly with the type of door you have. I think it's important that people know that yes, those solutions are there, but more importantly, it's um, work with a professional. Even if you don't hire them, work with a professional. Hey, you know, I have this type of lock, I have this type of door, I have mm -hmm. this type of situation, and I, I see people that put uh, high-end, high-security deadbolts. On a, on a door that has a four-foot window on it. And, you know, from a security standpoint, that's great, but that window can easily be broken into, and it's one thing, you know, hey, that's that's cool, but you have to think a couple steps ahead of that. Yeah, I've always thought that back when I was doing locksmithing work, and, like, I'd install a deadbolt, and I'd get ready to do it, and it would be, like, a hollow core door. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, this I mean, if okay. you're trying to keep a kid out, a yeah. toddler, I mean, that it'll work. Yeah. But, you know, as far as security goes. And that's, I think the internet and, uh, you know, just, just the way information shared nowadays has really kind of pulled people to um, think that, not say that they know more, but the, the information's out there much more than it used to be. So the professional's opinion usually comes second to what they see and know so far from the amount of information that's out there. Mm -hmm. Not that that's horrible, but it definitely, you know, has caused a lot more mistakes and hiccups than we like to see for, for some jobs. Sure. You know? Sure. Now, to kind of close this out here, I just want to touch on, so, you know, six years ago you started, I'm sure you really hit the ground running. Yep. And a question that I've always had is, 
so like before you talked about you had a job, right? You yep. probably would show up every day. Yep. Then the day you go, you know, you go home. Well, as a mobile locksmith, you don't, you don't have anywhere to show up to to start your day, nope. right? So I'm sure part of that is awesome. Yeah, it has its benefits. And I'm sure part of it, you can kind of get into a funk <clears throat> if that phone's not ringing, right? Yep. Um, how do you navigate those waters? There's peaks and there's valleys, um, just like any industry. And it really depends on what your skill set is. And, and knowing that it may be slow right now, it may be busy here, and it's... And it goes back to that rounded skill set. Like I was saying, I, I may have weekends are really popular for for automotive. There's a lot of guys that do automotive that don't work weekends after hours. So okay. I do tend to get a little bit more that way. Okay. And it's uh, it's being able to say winter time I got more of this, summertime I got more of this, and being able to adapt. Now the phone not ringing entirely. There are lulls, just you know, like anything. There's you know, there's there's busy days and there's slow days, and taking advantage of those is really important. It's it's one of the things about being an independent guy is when you have downtime you have to take advantage of it you have to wholly take advantage of it you have inventory you have parts you have ordering you have follow-up you have you have so many things you can be doing and if you are not pushing yourself to do that then I guarantee you the next guy that wants to be you know better than you will definitely do it sure so it's it's a matter of you know you are your own boss you are your own accountant HR uh, you know PR department and if you don't have an understanding of that, then, you know, it's not saying it's, it's not going to happen, but you will have to learn the hard way. Okay. Um, now, was it pretty weird for you at the very beginning, you know, six years ago when you, trans, you know, you're like, hey, I usually get up at, you know, 6 a.m. Oh, and, gosh. you know, get ready and go to work. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, hey, I'm right where I need to be right now. When I first got started and I was doing every single call, I was racing to them. I was very expedient and uh in my uh my attitude um there was a lot of times especially in the winter i would be doing 15 20 25 lockouts a day because i was taking every single one as quickly as i could i'd fall asleep in my favorite chair with my boots on almost like clockwork i'd wake up three in the morning oh the phone's ringing just get up and walk out the door and i was burning the candle at both ends and it, it takes a toll it takes a massive toll uh, you know, on your on your your health, uh, your your life, just uh, you know, your your uh, just everything. And I've learned to really step away from that. Like, if it's an emergency, that's fine. You know, pricing we can discuss that, but you have to really separate where you want to be and and the life you're trying to have at the same time. It's not all you know, those calls come in. They they will always be there. Huh. And that's something that took me six years to learn is that you cannot just be afraid that your phone will not ring and take advantage of the time when it doesn't. Okay, so yeah, so you know that leads me to my last question, mm -hmm. which is something I've I've seen a lot of, you know, growing mm -hmm. up in the locksmithing business as my dad with my dad, and for, oh yeah, for so many years, he did all the jobs, right? Yeah. He had a store, but he did all the jobs. I used to ride with him as a kid, mm -hmm. and over the time, I mean, it can wear you down, right? It can wear you down that constant, you know, when that phone's ringing, do you take it? Do you not? And so I'm curious what type of advice you could give someone who maybe finds them themselves working too much, mm -hmm. maybe getting burnt out, yeah, right, and but they want to spend more time with their family. Absolutely, right. I mean, both, yeah. both of us are you know similar yeah. ages. We have families. Absolutely. And um, how do you balance that? How do you balance the two of those? Like your ambition of being mm -hmm. a businessman who also wants to take care of your customers. Sure. At the same time, you have a family at home. It's it's hard and it's easy at the same time. And I know that sounds strange, but 
when you're starting out, you want every client, you want every customer, you want every single sale because you want to make a name for yourself. You want that reputation. You want to just drive, 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 drive. As I've gone through things over the you know, years here, it's um, you have to set boundaries. You have to set hard boundaries for yourself. And when I say that is, hey, I'm going to go to the lake with my kids this weekend. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And oh, you get that sweet call. Hey, I need a key made for my car. It's you know 9 a.m. on a Saturday, and it's an open. You know they'll pay whatever you want. It's you have to know, hey, not to even answer that phone at that time of day if uh-huh. you're not going to be around. But it's setting hard boundaries, hard boundaries, realizing that you know your kids are going to grow up so fast. They're going to be, they're young now. They're going to be teenagers. They're going to be gone. And if you know if you're going to spend their entire youth driving across the county for you know those lockouts or those you know keys or whatever it is you're gonna be doing mm-hmm. it's it's something that you have to learn to deal with as you get older and it's it's really important to know that if that's what you want to do um, there are consequences you will burn out there is no question about it if you you think you can do it you will burn out and those hard boundaries are really important a for you know the sanctity of, of your family because you know you owe to them to be in their lives and B, it's, you know, you can only use a blade so often until it dulls, and then you have to sharpen it, and that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to take that time away. And that's, again, maybe a hard lesson that some, some of these mobile guys have to learn. Absolutely. You know, it's not, the calls aren't going anywhere. They will always be there. You do your job correctly, your clients will, will keep coming back. And it is, it's a slow step at a time, but once it's there, it's, it's great. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like you have a pretty good grip on it. Nowadays, and so you know that's awesome. You know, there's there's things that come with uh, experience and age and wisdom, and you know, again, unfortunately, sometimes it takes a few. uh, You know, making bad decisions leads to making good decisions sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to add or talk about at all? Um, For the mobile aspect of it, it's just uh, it's important to you know, like again, set boundaries, know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, be available when you should be and really know your market that's also something too I think that a lot of mobile guys that jump in um, knowing your markets really important uh, if I were to talk to a locksmith say in you know Connecticut mm-hmm. he may say hey I only run across these specific locks I run across sergeant and you know and Yale and stuff and then you come over here to where we are we see a lot of different keyways and a lot of different lock styles so knowing your market knowing your customers are needing and wanting all the time what type of vehicles. We don't see a ton of European vehicles up here, so that's not always something that a lot of guys jump into right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you are living somewhere that has a, a different different climate, a different culture, a different type of you know customer out there, that's just as important as setting your own boundaries and, and working on your business too. Okay. Great. Well, hey, thank you for sharing very much. Absolutely, PJ. And thanks for coming on. Now, if, someone, if anyone would like to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them oh, to do that? Um, we have a... A lovely Instagram. It's uh, River City Lock and Key. Uh, we also have our uh, website, RiverCityLockandKey.com, and uh, you can also reach me on Facebook, River City Locksmith. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again for coming on, and thank everyone for uh, taking the time and listening to this. We'll see you next time.